Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and I'm really starting to feel bad for the Astros right now. Feeling bad for the Astros. Wow. I am the Champ, and I went grocery shopping tonight, and one of the items on my list was tahini. It was what? Tahini. Tahini. Yeah, I, I have no idea what it is. No earthly idea what tahini is. But why did you have I don't to, even know where to look. Wh- why did you buy it? I, I didn't buy it. I couldn't find it. Um, it was supposed to be in a recipe that my wife needed tahini. Um, I don't know what it is. So maybe we can ask our, our guest um, what tahini is. So, um, why are you feeling bad for the Astros? I don't know. I, I have too much empathy for people sometimes. I, I just wait, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on a second here. We're going to talk to our guest. You, of, of all, of all the owners, you have you have empathy. I do, I do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have empathy for people. After a while, yeah, I feel bad for some of the things right. I say right. to them. All right. Well, I don't well, tell them that. We'll I just it, feel but, bad. Um, we haven't seen it before. Yeah, I just, I, I just feel like, yeah, they can't stay out of their own way. They had another incident this week. They actually had two incidents, and and they they just can't stay out of their own way, and that's what I feel bad for. But mm, I'll get well, over it. It's gonna it's gonna get worse for them next year. Yo, yeah. What are you talking about when fans come back? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They're not baseball fans. Don't forget, they don't have short memories. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, you know, one of my thoughts was you said Terry sent you out for tahini. Uh, how long did you spend looking for it? Um, well, I was grocery shopping for other things, but I want to say probably a good five minutes was spent in, in different aisles looking for it. Five minutes? I don't know what it tastes like. Do you know what it is? No. You know what? Okay. Just go on Amazon. You'll get it in two days. Okay. I, I didn't know if it was part of your uh, ingredients in, in HelloFresh or something like that. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Let me, yeah, I'll, let me check and I'll let you know. <laughs> I was going to say, if you have any laying around, maybe you can mail it to me. But, you know, you might get into some kind of postal fraud or something like that, oh. mailing that. <laughs> what, what, if it's some, you think it's some sort of drug? I, no, I, <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's some sort of spice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, so we had a special special week this week. We, we got three guests on to talk about their teams. Um, yeah, have- the 300 Monster. Yeah, the three-headed monster. We got B Freeze, uh, Bill Soundong, and uh, and Rick Lake, owner of the Denogonizer, which is I think is a better name than mine. And when I thought of Seinfeld references, <laughs> we'll talk to Rick. I, I that Denogonizer is one of the best episodes. Bob Freeze, <laughs> Bob Freeze, you with us? Yes, I am. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. No one ever asked, Bob, so I appreciate you asking. <laughs> So uh, you were predicted first, I believe, the CBS weird math formula that they use. You were predicted first to to finish in this league. Right now, you're what eighth? What what are, what are you? What are you? Third. Third. All right. Um, well, I didn't know why we had you on. That's right. You you couldn't make it last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you, you got a pretty good club here. Uh, how are you feeling about it thus far? Uh, so far, so good. I have a couple guys that I'm a little disappointed in, but uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Who, who are you disappointed in? Uh, well, Craig Kimball. I thought he was going to get some saves for me, and he's not even doing anything. So he was my worst one. And then uh, Gavin Lux, I dropped him already. I think Jamie picked him up. Um, he, I was expecting more out of him, and he just—I don't—I think he's still in the minors. Yeah, I, I yes, he is. Yeah, I, I think we'll see. Although I think we'll see Gavin Lux again. Although the Dodgers, they have one of those teams where everyone plays every position, and you know, they're, that guy was just struggling for uh, for playing time. What about? Um, yeah. But you, you got luck. I don't want to say lucky. I don't want to, nothing's luck. Everything is strategically planned here with with our league. Um, you, you had a nice selection with Donovan Solano. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
I needed a second baseman desperately, and uh, he fit the bill quite nicely. Well, yeah, a second baseman that has like a over one OPS and hitting, <laughs> leading the league in hitting as yeah. of two days ago. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Th- that's yeah. a nice pick. Uh, what, what what do you think your best value pick was in the draft? Not a, not as a fab pick. Uh, probably Daniel Murphy. Ah, I, I expected him to be kind of middle of the road, and uh, he's been uh, he's been more than what I expected. What you mean is three fifty eight average and thirteen ribs? You didn't, you didn't. Ex- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what would you expect from him? Oh, I, um, I didn't expect him to hit for his high average. For okay. One thing, he uh, he had uh, ups and downs last year, so I took a shot on him, and uh, I think uh, I think he's turned out to be a pretty good ball player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about your a pick? You probably wish you wouldn't have taken, but you're kind of stuck with. Uh, well, that was probably Kimball. <laughs> that was too my first one. I expected him to get some saves and stuff, and uh, he's lucky if he gets out of the inning now. <laughs> yeah, actually, he's lucky if he gets in the inning. <laughs> I think they yeah. didn't put him in there anymore. <laughs> but. I, I think the a real strong part of your team is that starting pitching. Every every one of your starting pitchers has at least one win. Yes. Yeah, I, and I kind of, well, except for Corbin, uh, I kind of just uh, waited till the middle of the road to grab these guys, and um, it's, uh, it's worked out well for me. Yeah, how much did you know about David Peterson before you drafted him? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> no, he was a surprise. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about him either. And, you know, when I looked at the stats, it, he's he's maybe your best pitcher right now. Yeah. He's, if he's not the best, he's closest to the best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, between him and Corbin. And, uh, in fact, Will is doing pretty good, too. He's, he had a little shaky outing last time, but uh, – so where do where do you think you need to improve, if at all, to to make a run at this thing? Uh, I need, uh, well, I think I need a better relief pitcher than Kimball for one thing. Um, I tried to get one last week and I didn't get high enough for it. I think Bill beat me out by one dollar or something. Um, but. Uh, that would Wait, probably be my biggest. Who, who are you looking for, Bob? It was, it was probably me. Were, were you trying to get Rowan Wick? Yes. Oh, I tried to get you, Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get Wick, and you knocked him away from me. We, we, we can talk trade a- after this. I'm, <laughs> I'm not as bold as Raj uh, to, to, to do it online, but I just need somebody that plays, um, preferably non-Cardinals. Or if you have any more Cardinals, because I want to see if I can get zero at bats in a week. Well, I, I got Adam Wainwright. He's doing pretty good for me. okay so you think saves is where you can make a move uh to gain some points say that again i said is saves the only category where you think you could that you'd need to add someone um i you know i'm pretty good with uh my other players right now there's not a whole heck of a lot out there to pick from. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably my best bet to try to get some more saves. Yeah. Uh, and, and saves is a, is a category where people can make a move pretty quickly. If, if, if somebody gets a hot hand and starts closing games, they can close gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. So, uh, just, Circling back to your name that you chose, is it, is it, did you choose that or did your wife choose that? Uh, my wife actually chose that. She's, uh, she was, uh, I forget what we were talking about, and she said, oh, you should go with uh, Stud Muffin. And I said, uh, I'm not doing Stud Muffin. And I said, uh, how about Cindy Stud? And she said that would sound better. It was kind of with the uh, Kentucky Derby thing behind it. Oh. <laughs> 
Were you guys drinking a lot that day? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Jamie, you got anything? Uh, I just think it was interesting, Rod. I don't know if you meant the pun, but uh, the studs making a move. I thought that was very interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I'm looking just this week, um, Bob. It looks like your team is really coming on. Um, I think you had like 47 and a half, um, almost a perfect week so far in, in, in batting categories. And uh, um, what do you attribute that to? Oh, just the guy's getting hot. I mean, Luke Betts had a slow start. Oh, there you go. Okay. He's, like, tearing it up now. So, um, and uh, I'm a little disappointed in Bilar, but uh, he's getting me a couple of steals here and there. So, that's, uh, that's and, and, Go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and I also noticed that, you know, you were uh, really active um, last week in, in FAB. I think you had six. Fab pickups was that more to fortify your team or were there were there glaring holes? Um, the first week I think you've had the best Fab pick so far, and that's in Donovan Solano, which you you outbid me on. Um, but um, the six Fab picks pickups last week, um, intentional or just fortifying or or, or defensive move? Uh, a little bit of each actually. Um, I had a lot of hurt players that I needed to get rid of. Um, I wanted to block some people from picking up players, and uh, I also wanted to uh, fortify my bench a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, if you continue on this path this week, um, you know, you might finish first in the league. Yeah. But, um, you know, as, as we transition to our next guest, we know that uh, you got to start playing. you got to play all the way through the end of the season, right? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bring up bad memories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one, one last question, Bob, um, yeah. from, from, from me, is today Today we were going to be in Los Angeles if this were the non-COVID uh, world. Do you think right. we've been able to find a speakeasy in L.A. like we did in uh, Minneapolis? <laughs> uh, we probably could have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we'll talk about that one offline, guys. <laughs> hey, Bob, thanks for coming on. Sure, no problem. Thanks, Bob. All right, Bill, you there? I'm here. All right. Uh, share a little bit about your team, where, where you're at, uh, you know, your thoughts on the draft. <laughs> sure. So uh, I'm glad you guys were able to kind of pull this off and, and get the league together um, to do it. Uh, I don't really have anything – exciting to say. I'll try to be as witty as I can. My team is really bad. I'm only thankful that the denogonizers are below me. But there's not much Amen. to say. It's not much Amen, to say, brother. right? I, I didn't have a good draft. I, I don't even know when Fab is most of the time. And, <laughs> you know, like most of us, we've watched baseball for over 50 years, and this is by far the least enjoyable uh, season I've ever had watching Major League Baseball. It's just kind of like a farce. It's like a little bit of a circus that I just don't enjoy. So, um, Looking at your team, uh, your your pick of Bryce Harper has come up in a couple podcasts. Um, do you when you chose him? You chose him the first pick of the second round. Is that? Yeah, that's right. right. The number twelve pick. Overall. Number twelve. Did were you hesitant to do that, or did you feel comfortable? Like I'm going to grab this guy. Um. Yeah, you know, I knew he wasn't going to be around by the time I got to whatever my next pick was, number sure. 29, so whatever it is. So I just needed somebody I thought was a big bat. And ironically, yeah, I know I got ripped for it, but he, he's like my best player, right? He's my only offensive player on my team. So I, I would probably be down in Rick's uh, territory if it wasn't for Bryce Harper. Hey, hey, Bill, let me jump in here for a second here. Um, I, you know, I was one of the first that said, ooh, I thought you might have taken him early in one of the podcasts. And then right on that same podcast, I'm like, well, you know what? We're going to OPS. Um, this might not be a bad pick. And, you know, his, his OPS now is, is like 1.2 or something like that. Did that enter into your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Certainly when we added OPS or substituted that for average, um, his ranking went up for me um, a bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind, of, <laughs> kind of shows where I am in my, with my team and my whole draft. It was just not a good – wasn't a good day. 
Yeah. So, and I was, I was, when Jamie brought that up initially, I thought, I, I think Bryce Harper is a top 10, top 10 player. He certainly has the potential and I've watched him, you know, pretty much every day last year. And I thought he struck out a little bit too much, especially against left-handed pitching. But as I'm watching him this year, I don't know whether he made some adjustments or he just, you know, you get into a rhythm while you're hitting that I, I, I think he's, Man, he is seeing the ball well, and he's hitting the he's, – he's, he hit two – well, one homer two days ago into left field, and he just missed another one yesterday. So when you when he starts hitting the ball that far into left field, that means he's staying on on that pitch. And, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it's a shame you're struggling with the other guys on your team because he's someone that could carry you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to have him. Yeah. So – the, the other guy I wanted to bring up, and I don't watch him, and it doesn't sound like you're you're watching much either, but Machado, yeah. have, have you been tracking him on a daily basis or you just kind of look at the stats? Yeah, I look at the stats every morning. Okay. Um, I guess he's off to a decent start with power. He didn't, he didn't stole, uh, he's stolen a couple of bases for me, but um, no, I don't watch him. Yeah, it seems kind of odd with him. He's hitting 224, but he's got 13 RBIs. He's got five home runs. Like you said, he's got a couple stolen bases, and he's hitting in a good lineup. And, I, and I'm wondering if he's just getting off those. Uh, I mean, he's got 18 strikeouts, so maybe that's some of his issue. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. If, if he turns it around, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think you're that far off. Do you think you're that far off, or do you think this season's done? Oh, I, I, I'm not competitive. Um, okay. You know, and I'm sure Rick will, will say a lot of it too. The, the COVID really hit my team kind of like Jamie's team, anybody who has Cardinals. I know there was one, I think, stretch last week where I looked and seven of my offensive players just weren't playing because of COVID, right? And it's just kind of hard um, getting any stats. Now, now, it's not saying my team was going to be any good, despite what CBS Sports says, but, but it's just like I said, when you don't have half your team and you just don't know who's going to play, it's like, well, what's, what's the point? You know, it's just, it's not satisfying. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I get it. Um, and the other question I had for you, Sean Newcomb, was he in your roster when he pitched against the Phils last week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to have those guys on my team okay. before they get – I don't think he was DFA'd or just sent to the minors. But, oh, yeah, I had him for all those, uh, those runs he gave up. Yeah, uh, they, he made the <laughs> – yeah, but you talk about a slump buster. <laughs> he was a slump buster yeah. that day. Holy smokes, man. <laughs> I, I think uh, they, they they were racing to the bat rack out of that Phillies dugout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coming up to that guy. Jeez, oh man, I, that, they're, yeah. they're always tough to watch when you you see it crawl on the on the TV or see it on your phone. You're like, God bless, just take him out. Just someone take him out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So you have him and Fulton Evans for the Braves. It's like these guys weren't bad pitchers at the end of last year. It's like what happened to them to start this season where. It's just ridiculous trying to watch them pitch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess they sent Newcomb down, right? They sent him to the alternative okay. site. I don't know. They have an M on Yeah, it. I think they just sent him down. Right? Okay. I don't think they DSA'd him. Yeah, okay. All right. Jane, what, what do you got? Yeah, Bill, just, uh, you know, looking at your pitchers here. And, yeah, I, I can see where, you, you know, you have a couple of Cardinals there, uh, Gallegos and Andrew Miller. What's interesting is I think you're pretty much like me, where you, you barely have any innings. You, you got uh, Dustin May and Max Scherzer at 19 innings each. And then the next highest um, on your active roster is, is Brent Suter, now that uh, you know, Sean Newcomb is down. So, I, yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard to manage through this. And, um, you know, would it have been any more interesting or less interesting? I guess my question to you is would it have made it any more interesting um, had we had daily moves? It would have been more interesting. Again, I don't know that I'd be any better. Maybe I'd make my team worse. You know, who knows? Um, but it could have been more interesting. So, so ironically, um, my strategy, if I call it that, for the for this draft, right, and it was just kind of what it was, is I was tanking uh, stolen bases, I was tanking wins, and I was taking strikeouts. Right? So I intentionally loaded my team that way. But I didn't realize I was tanking the other seven categories as well <laughs> when I drafted my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your strategy sounds very similar to mine going into the draft, and we're both in kind of the same place. So <laughs> I yeah, think it's it worked in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you guys let me know when Fab actually runs? Do you guys know when this stuff works? We don't. I haven't figured out the website yet. <laughs> we, we put ours in Wednesday. 
<laughs> just in case. <laughs> I think I need to put some in every day and see what happens. It's, yeah, like, well, you guys, did you realize that Fab ran Sunday night as well? I, I got some people on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Okay. Yeah. Like, did you know that was going to happen, or is that just something? No, nope, I had no idea it was going to happen, and uh, I just <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, so here, here's what we're going to do, Bill. Is that we're going to um, uh, after this? Um, I'm just going to click on. I think because we had Saturday and Sunday the first week, and I'm just going to click on Saturday. And you know, as part of this podcast, we're kind of jumping ahead, but I wanted to remind everybody. Yeah, just get your get your picks in tonight if you can. And uh, certainly by, by by tomorrow, and you know for whatever difference it makes, because it, it it won't make much of a difference for me. Um, yeah, and to be fair, like I said, I, I I'm going to run this all the way to the end of the table, right? I'm going to I want to be part of Fab Palooza. I'm going to spend my money, right? I want to try the whole whole year, so I'm having some entertainment that way. I'm just kind of being cynical because my team is really bad. Yeah, I, I understand. We're, we're bad too. And, and and by the way, you know, you would have been in in Los Angeles too. We would have had a good time. But um, uh, Raj and I want to give you an honorary award so far, since you were the um, you've been on, I guess, four times on this podcast. So we're going to give you the Joan Rivers Award, who <laughs> appeared on Johnny Carson the most um, as, as as a guest. So you know, right now you're you, you have the Joan Rivers Award. Yeah, that's something I'll cherish being compared to Joan Rivers. Thanks for that. <laughs> Hey Bill, are are you working from home or are you going in? I have to go in, right? I can't telecommute, yeah. so I go in um, pretty much every other week, and then I go in on Mondays to try to transition stuff the best I can because it's just hard to talk about stuff oh, yeah, around yeah. things. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm hoping to reconstitute sooner than later because it's just really hard to get our work done when we're not at work. Oh yeah, no, I get. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all yeah. right. So, hey, hey, anything else, Rod? You wanted from Bill? No, I want nothing from Bill. I, 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 <laughs> hey, so I wanted to thank you for coming on, and, and I think we both um, owe a little appreciation to our next guest, the organizers, because if not, you and I would have been fighting out for the basement. There we go. Hey, I do have one last thing. Um, tahini, yeah. I believe tahini is like a sesame paste, like a sesame seed kind of paste. Um, I've used it to make hummus. You know what hummus? Oh, there is? you go. Yeah. So, so I just. I mean, like, I don't want to talk about baseball, but I can talk about tahini. Right? That's something I might know a little bit <laughs> okay. more about. <laughs> All right. So here's the, here's, the, here's the tough question, then. Since you answered that one, the second tough question is, where would you find it in a supermarket? Well, you got to look into it. It's got an international or Mediterranean kind of aisle. I, I would think it might be near the olive oils and stuff, but I can't be sure. Damn. So All right. Right. It's been a while since I bought it, but I, I used to make hummus, you know, with chickpeas and garlic and lemon and tahini, and it's quite good. Hey, maybe, maybe you can send it to me as a late birthday present. Oh, yeah, if I can find it. I think I'm just going to get on Amazon. I'm not sure. I there you go, it. Amazon. <laughs> You'll get it in two days. <laughs> All right, yeah, thanks. thanks. Thanks for coming on, Bill. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Yay. All right, Mr. Lake. Let's get this over with. <laughs> Hey man. Last but wait, last but not least wait, last oh, but not least, least but not last sorry, never mind, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, How I'm you doing, Rick? I'm expecting to hear it all. <laughs> so uh I just I, you know, I'm I'm working from home and I hope no one's listening that I work with and I, I was watching the uh Seinfeld right before uh we, we started this and it was the the Mel Torme one. You know the one I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Mr. Mel Torme, the oh, yeah. Vel- Velvet Fog. That's that's a great episode. <laughs> so I, I will say, uh, Jamie is not a Seinfeld fan, and, and uh, uh, both you and I have a Seinfeld reference to the to our team names. Uh, wh- is a denogonizer? Is is that a is that an episode that you like? Um, actually, it's not. It has to do with Seinfeld. It was a beer that I had, no a microbrew beer from Drake's Brewing Company in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. It's called the Denogonizer. That is the... It's extreme, it, Go ahead. It's a double IPA. Okay. It's strong, and it's got a great taste. When you say the Bay Area, what are you talking about? Oh, it's, it's from the West Coast. Oh, the West I'm Coast. sorry. It's okay. a brewing company that started in the West Coast, and I had it at a friend's house, and it's really strong. It uh, has a great taste. All right. You weren't expecting that, were you? 
No, I, no. <laughs> that, well, they got, got the point in Jamie because Jamie's like our beer car. Right. I thought he would have known that. Yeah, Jamie. I'm looking it up now, Rick. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, it's got a really good story, the, um, how they got their brewing started and um, how they came up with the, the organizer. Well, they got it from Seinfeld. That's, that's where what? they got that. So uh, let's talk about your team. Uh, oh, gosh. All right, so I'm going to bring up I'm going to bring up a laptop. That we, when did we do our Masters Rod? 2008? Yeah. 2007? That's the laptop I'm using for my home stuff because – you know, I got the government laptop. I can do a lot of things throughout the day. I don't use my laptop ever, and uh, I need to get a new one. That's for sure. Because if we're <laughs> going to do online drafts, you need to have uh, some serious technology. So, uh, one of the guys I was going to bring up is Michael Conforto. You were kind of complaining about him uh, early on, but he's probably your best player. Well, let's get something straight. I hate <laughs> Washington, and I got stuck with seven Washington players. I can't stand the Mets. So out of my first six picks, which weren't mine because I had lost control of the draft with my system, <laughs> I got stuck with four players out of the six on teams that I hate. I got seven Washington Nationals on my team. And yeah. then I got three Cardinals, which makes make it worse. So. <laughs> I'm dealing with COVID. I'm dealing with players I hate. It's just an out-of-control team. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at your roster now, and I, I do see all those Mets and, uh, and Nats on that, on that team. Um, it, it's kind of funny because I went into the draft. I'm like, this is going to be a fun year. I'm going to, like, load up on Phillies. I didn't get a single Philly. <laughs> well, it's probably best unless you, <laughs> unless you got Harper. Well, you said you wanted Harper. That's who you were going to go after, I right? I Harper. I was going to take Harper with my first pick. But, see, not, not, not drafting online ever. I should have went in and started putting players in the queue. That uh, might have helped my, uh, helped my case. Yeah. But okay. it was weird because I was watching the draft go along, and it's like, oh, hey, you're on the clock. And I go to pick a player, and then it'd be like nine picks would go by real fast. So I was like, <laughs> like uh-oh. So I was in trouble from the get-go on that. Can't stand Trey Turner. Can't stand, can't, can't stand Doolittle. The girls laid down the list. If I could fire them all, I would do it. <laughs> what about Jesse Winker? Ooh, Winker, yeah. Yeah. He's, He's three... my best player, I think. Yeah, him and Conforto are probably your best players. Yeah. And then Rojas. I think Rojas is batting 700, but that was just to get the Phillies. <laughs> he went seven for ten the first weekend. He's been coronavirus ever since. <laughs> well, I think they're coming back up with the fills here in a couple of weeks, so maybe you'll get a jolt in the arm with the stat. And so then they... to, to answer your other question, my team's horrible, and I'm going to finish last. Yeah, yeah, you're probably going to Brutal. finish last. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any threat to that. No, nah, it's over. Yeah. And it I, makes, you know, it does, you know, you look, you look forward to the fantasy baseball and, you know, I used to do this online draft stuff and I haven't done it in years since I started the Bush league. And, um, man, you really get, uh, I guess it's less interested when you're sitting here at your house trying to keep up with a draft online. That's like every, I don't know, 30 seconds or 60 seconds, whatever it may be. And like you said, years ago, when I asked you why you're writing players on a piece of paper, you said that I want to get intimate with my players. <laughs> and that's kind of a true statement in a way. I mean, we do get kind of intimate with our players on draft day when you, you know, you know, when you want Brad Wilkerson, you're going to go ahead and pay for Brad Wilkerson, you know? Yeah. And you really don't have that in this scenario. So it's kind of unfortunate, you know, because this is like a big, it's a big time of the year for all of us. And uh, it's just a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I felt that way during the draft draft as well. Um, and, and the sad thing is you, there's really no incentive to make a trade when you're in last because there's nothing you can get back. Whereas if it was a regular season, right. there would be in some incentive. But and Yeah, because you oh, have yeah. some guys. I'd be in the Bob Freeze. I'd be dumping players left and right <laughs> right about now. I'd be in fire <laughs> Oh, my gosh. 
So uh, hey, I Jamie, be back in New York negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be getting a lot of phone calls, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be getting a lot of. I had of... to lock Jamie out of the room to get some uh, to, to get him to move on some players. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Um, yeah, because the other guy that that's performed pretty well for you is, is Zach Gallon. Um, he's and he's... he's someone I never even. I mean, like I said, half these players, I I was struggling. I was like Zach Gallon, really? I mean, that's not even someone I was. But he's actually a pretty good pitcher. I watched, you know, I stayed up and watched him on Major League Baseball, and you know, it looks like he's a pretty good prospect. To, uh, he pitcher. is, yeah, yeah. He, yeah he's he doesn't have any wins, but I don't think that's his that's his fault. Um, but yeah, he he's yeah. having a he's having a really good year. Um, Jamie, you, you got anything? Yeah, um, actually, just to follow up to Zach Allen, he was actually somebody that I was targeting. Um, I had him in Fab. Um, last year, um, about a third of the way through the season, and um, you know, like the things he was doing with with, with Miami, um, the way Miami got him last year was uh, that was through the Ozuna trade. He was a he was a Cardinal prospect, and they they traded uh, Zach Allen. Um, and, I think it was Zach Allen. They traded three players: um, Magnus Sierra and Alcantara um, for uh, Ozuna, who is now. Uh, Hanging a shingle in uh, in in Atlanta, so uh, it was a good good trade by the Cardinals, huh? Yeah, um, Rick, yeah, yeah. Hey, Rick, just to add injury to to insult, we were talking about you got all those Nationals and you got Cardinals. Don't forget, you also had two Marlins. You know, Garrett Cooper and uh, gosh, who was the other one? Rojas. Oh, Rojas. Rojas. Yeah, and he was just starting to heat up, right? And then and then oh, all all Brooklyn to Miami. He played three games against the Phillies, and he went seven for ten. Yeah. He got in 700. I think he had a couple hammers, a couple stolen bases, and he was on my bench. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you know, that worked, I, that worked out well for me. <laughs> I, I just, I just want to thank you, brother, for, uh, for the season you're having, because if not, it would be me down there. And, and, and I know the pain. I, I, I can't even look at the standings when they e- – I hated it when they started to email the standings every day because I had to look at it. Um, <laughs> I, I just cho- chose not to, to look because uh, – it's it's been painful, but here's what's going to happen: is that the Cardinals are going to come back. They're going to play 55 games in 40 days, and they're all going to bat 400. So if that happens, you you, me, and Bill still have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, I, thanks, thanks for your enthusiasm on that. But at this at this point, I'm thinking I'm going to have the basement dwelling team for the rest of the season. Hey, and one of the questions I was going to ask you because you and I had a uh, had a discussion. In, in terms of, you know, what is life like for you um, after your second retirement? Because you've retired once, your second retirement um, is, uh, I don't know when that's going to be, but then you talked about actually brewing beer. So I was going to ask you, what is your favorite beer? But I think you gave us the story, and you, you're right. Um, Denogonizer is a double IPA by Drake's Brewing out of uh, San Leandro, California, which is in the Bay Area. So you, you nailed all three here, Rick. Yeah, Roger doesn't believe me. He's probably sitting there shaking his head right now and saying it's all made up. But it's well, well, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. How could you have driven with him for, for almost 9,000 hours and he still drinks Coors Light? No, I don't drink Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you moved just to Coors now, Roger? No, I drink Yingling. Okay. And I like Stella. Okay. Well, funny, funny story is when Roger and I met up at, uh, I forget what bar it was at, and they had a menu with about 16,000 beers. And I'm like, what's the yingling? And she's like, no, yingling's on here. It's called the old man's beer. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I well, think we were, at the, we, we were at the poorhouse. And yeah, I think that right. came up. And I said, I, 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 just give me a re- something that tastes like yingling. She's like, well, you can drink yingling. It's right down on the bottom called the old man's beer. Well, doesn't uh, doesn't Yingling actually have a new? Is, is it a light beer or some sort of? Oh God, I want to say it's a low calorie, low alcohol beer, which I thought most of those were. But um, yeah, I don't. Mm. Yeah, I think Yingling started to, started to produce more beers. Um, I know. That I think they got one that's called the Flight. Or that's what like it that. is. Yes, you're right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the, yeah, that's. Uh, I haven't tried that yet, but it's kind of funny. I'm starting my brew school on August 31st, and All right. 
at University of the Sciences in Philly. And um, so I've been, you know, I'll go to Wegmans and they, you can build your own six pack. And my wife's like, how come every day you're coming home with like six different kinds of beers and, you know, what's this going to turn into? But research, you know, research. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You can get away with anything in the name of research, I guess, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, so, so what's, your, what's your favorite rate? What, what are you going to have after, after this call? What are you going to have? Um, and I, 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 there's a beer that um, it's from Dogfish Head, and it's the, it's the sea, it's sea Salt Lime. Yes. Oh, that's yes. so good. That's like such a good, like hot, refreshing, it's like a refreshing beer on a hot day. I mean, it's like, it kind of reminds you you're at the beach or something. So I've enjoyed that one probably the best so far. Okay. All right. Do you know which one he's talking about, Raj? You might I, like that. No, I only I only drink one of the dogfish heads. Either the, well, three of them: the sixty, the ninety, or the one twenty. I haven't branched out Whoa, into anything be, else. Be, be 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 careful with the ninety and the one twenty. You're not my mother. I'm an adult. <laughs> well, yeah, Raj. If you get a chance, try the sequential ale through dogfish head okay just let me know i mean it's like a lime tea. it is it is really good i mean you'll be surprised all right yeah yeah it's a great summer beer it's a great summer it really beer. is really is all right food for thought definitely but i got I, I gotta thank you guys for being as as uh you know um not not, not rising me too much on my team um i know it's it's a aspirin kind of a year for all of us and uh it was still exciting to do the draft, and I appreciate you guys going through all the, you know, the, all the problems to let us to get to have the draft. It was just unfortunate, technology-wise. I just, for some reason, couldn't keep up, and you know. Hey, 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 Rick! Thank you for the uh, the, the gratitude there. Uh, Raj and I had every intention of making fun of your team, but you know, since I'm in eighth place and Raj's <laughs> team is also thinking, I. You know, we don't have too much room to talk, but I think it was more of where we were in the standings than anything else, but I appreciate it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, Rod, you are right. That probably is my favorite episode on Seinfeld, the Denogonizer. The Denogonizer, yeah. The, and the other name right. was the Frog- Lopper. Yeah. That was the Frogger episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> With the holes. Right. Holes, that's right. <laughs> Sneaky Pete, yeah. Um, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. I, I know you're you're real busy. Well, you're off today, aren't you? Yeah, I actually played golf this morning. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm done for the day. I appreciate you yeah you cutting in time for us. <laughs> on, yeah, <laughs> on your golf. I shot day. my first seventy nine. I shot my first seventy nine last weekend, so it's an exciting time for playing golf. Yay! Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Rick. Thanks, thanks man. Okay, guys. Thanks. I appreciate thanks very it. Much. Have a good one. All right. All right, Jamie. So uh, something interesting about Rick, I, I should have I asked him before he cut out. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, you know, Rick's a left-handed hitter, like baseball. But he, he, oh, I didn't know that. He golfs right-handed. Wait. Okay, so I, I, I remember him playing wiffle ball left-handed, but he golfs right-handed. That, he, that is. Yeah. Maybe he needs to turn around and wiffle ball. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe he does. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he started off playing golf left-handed, but he swung it like a baseball bat, so he just he turned around and taught himself how to hit right-handed. All right, all yeah. right. Hey, you want to talk about some uh, Bush League news? Yeah, let's talk about uh, Ramon Laureano and Alex Cintron. Did you see that whole right, you thing? Want, you want, uh, yeah, I did. I was watching. The interesting part is I was watching – uh, it was A's and Astros game, and um, you know, here's what's interesting, right? Is is, is that the in in that series, which uh, the A's swept, and the A's are a pretty good team. The A's players got hit five times, all right. Um, yeah. Astros players got hit, got did not get hit at all. Um, so, and, and that was the second time that Loriano got hit. Do you think there's anything behind the fact that Mike Fires, who reported all that, is plays for the A's? Uh, you know, I didn't even think about that. Uh, Loriano got hit, th- I think, three times in that series, twice by okay. the same guy. That the guy that hit him before the fight—that's the second time he hit him. Um, I, I didn't think about the fires thing. That, that's a, that's interesting. I know one thing: Alex Cintron should have stayed the hell out of it. 
Like, what the, I don't even know why that guy was involved in this whole thing. Did you f- find that baffling that the hitting coach is involved with that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did. And um, what, what did he get? Like 20 games? Was yeah, he got 20 games. Yeah, he got 20 games. yeah. Yep. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, next thing you'll know, he'll be buying a, uh, uh, trying to buy the Mets like, uh, you know, our favorite player, um, um, Alex Rodriguez, right? Because right. I think Alex Rodriguez got, he got suspended for what, um, a season? A yeah. season and a half? Yeah. A little bit different circumstances. Yeah, so Cintron took a big hit. Hit. Yeah, that was a big hit. That was good. That was a message to tell the coaches, stay, stay in the dugout. Don't, don't get involved in stuff like this. Um, yeah, and, that's, that's, now's not the time. And, and really, if you go back to my uh, edict of everyone gets a shot, the A's still have their shot. Like, they didn't take it yet. Like, I don't think that is – you know what I mean? Like, they still have opportunity to, to plunk one of these guys. So, if, if the Oakland A's are listening, you're still on deck. You, you, you still have that opportunity left. The Dodgers are done, though. You, you know, um, I, I, I heard what our guests talked about. And, you know, I know Bill and, and, and Rick um, not only are, are struggling in the Bush League, but, you know, Bill also, uh, you know, kind of thinks this is a, a farce of a season, which it, which it kind of is. But still having said that, I would still like – the Astros not to make the playoffs. And I think if the playoffs were today, they may not make it as, as bad as that American League West is. I think if they, they have the A's and everybody else has a losing record. So um, you, you would think that they should be able to make it just by default. But, um, you know, they've, they've had a lot of uh, pitching injuries and um, nobody's feeling sorry for them. Yeah, I, I almost I, – I mean, I don't know if this is the case because I'm not in that, that clubhouse. But uh, it, it seems like it's a little distracting – when the when a bench coach gets a you know getting a fight with a, another player that shouldn't even be on his radar, but for some reason it is, and yeah, it seems a little distracting. Um, yeah, you know what I mentioned mentioned earlier in, in the in the show that I feel like sometimes they can't stay out of their own way, and and uh, I feel bad for him. Now Zach, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Zach Greinke actually told Brandon Crawford what pitch he was throwing. He put up a number two and then threw a slider at him. And <laughs> Crawford swung and missed it. But you, you're like, come on, man. Like, you, you, that's a team that shouldn't be doing stuff like that, right? Well, you know, Zach Greinke is just in his own world, right? He, yeah. he doesn't even know what's happening uh, around him. So, you know, he, he, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, he's got no sensitivity to that. Yeah, and I, and obviously the Astros have no leadership in their clubhouse with their coaches or manager because they're letting all this stuff happen and and uh, like the fact that Alex Cintron felt comfortable going out and getting a fight that means that culture is like that. That's just well, the, yeah. Okay, so, so what punishment was there? I mean, Joe Kelly came out and and he's still mad at, yeah. at the Astros because because basically. I think he called them, you know, whining bitches, um, and because they were able to kind of uh, tell, uh, spill their guts, tell Major League Baseball what happened, and they got no punishment for it. Yeah. So, like in the real world, you do that with the mob, and you get whacked. And the Astros, <laughs> the Astros, you get to keep living and play baseball and make money, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you turn informant. Yeah. Yeah. You get whacked. You end up in the trunk of your car, uh, but not here in baseball. <laughs> Yeah, you get to keep playing. Um, so, you know, we talked about the Marlins and the Rockies uh, last week, and and just a little check in. The Marlins are still hanging tough at eight and four. Uh, Rockies twelve and six. I think they both played about five hundred since the last time we spoke. So they're both hanging in there. Um, you know, the Marlins are going to hit a big part of their schedule now. So we'll we'll see as the next ten days or so if they start dropping. Um, but our man Charlie Blackman hitting four seventy two, Jamie. Yeah, um, he uh, obviously um, is, is, is a great player, and it helps that he's playing in, in, in Coors Field. But, uh, you know, a great start by him because of the fact, I, I want to say that the Major League average right now is 230 or 240. Is it really? The, um, the hitters are starting to come around yeah. um, uh, a bit. But, but you know, that, that layoff there really hurt the, the batters more than it, it, it hurt pitching. So I, I would imagine, as you saw this week, Raj, um, 
teams are starting to hit now, and that should start to pick up. I, I don't think he can maintain that pace, but I, it, it's quite possible he could maintain a 400 pace or close to a 400 pace for 60 games. Yeah, uh, and when we talked early on about you know before the season started, if there would be any 400 hitters, uh, you, you mentioned Yelich, and he got he had just got off to a horrible start. Um, I brought Blackman's name yeah. up, but I I. I, I thought I chose Betts, who was starting to get hot, although he's only hitting about 320. Um, yeah, Blackman is is kind of hitting a groove. He has 34 hits in 18 games. That's a pretty good clip right now. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. See, seeing the baseball. And, uh, yeah, obviously put into play where where the player the defenders aren't. Um, and then the Rays reliever, Andrew Ketteridge, gets a save on Monday and then is the uh, starter on Tuesday. Did you, did you, yes. That's kind of a nice little twist yeah. by the Rays. Yeah. yeah, this is you know this is the stuff that the Rays do, and I don't know what went behind that decision, and I didn't see that um, happen or know about. It. I just heard um, on another um, on another broadcast, but uh, yeah, leave it to the Rays, right, to have somebody uh, finish a game one day and start the game the next day. Well, the, didn't the Rays start the like the every fifth day they were going to use the bullpen to get through a game? Weren't they doing that last year? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they kind of coined the term, and they were the first team, I want to say it was two years ago, okay. that had the opener, where they would throw um, a reliever um, in the first inning and then put their uh, re- excuse me, their starters in, uh, which they would call the follower yeah. after the opener. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's an interesting concept. And, and uh, you know, if, if your team's playing well, it, it's a good way to get those guys' innings, too. You know, get them in the game. Yeah. Yep, and uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's well you know, cool. the the idea behind it is, is is you have somebody fresh in the bullpen that's getting to the top of the order right away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, and then we have the Diamondbacks put four infielders on the right side, on the right side of second base against uh, the Rockies. Sam Hilliard. Did you, did you see that? I, I I did. I was watching the Diamondbacks uh, Rockies broadcast. And I, I think I was listening to it, it was in uh, Coors Field, but I was listening to the Diamondback station, and the announcers were, were saying, "Hey, wait a second! It was with two strikes now. Um, they're moving a fourth infielder <laughs> to the right side of the uh, the infield for Sam Hilliard." Yeah, that that's interesting to me, um, and and I, and I I hate the shift. I I mean, again, uh, you know where I stand with I'm a staunch traditionalist. Um, but man, to put four on the right side, I can't believe hitters cannot figure out a way to just tap the ball to the left. I don't, I I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's what you should do, you know, but it it just seems odd to me that, you know, when players do that. Certainly, certainly Raj with, you know, no strikes or a strike, you got to take a whack. I guess, I guess with two strikes, they're they're a little bit nervous. And, and, you know, I know people say you you should learn how to, to bunt. Uh, I I guess the, you know, the bunting is just a little bit different, you know, back in our day um, and in in high school, and I don't know about college for you, Raj, but, uh, you know, bunting was, was, was fairly easy because everybody threw kind of the same pitch. There There wasn't a whole lot of movement. And there wasn't much over 75 uh, miles an hour, 80 miles. So you don't have to worry about getting your fingers pinched. Yeah, and guys like Harper and Bellinger, like the, you, you want them to bunt. <laughs> like if you're a defender, you, you want those guys to bunt, uh, but they're just not going to do it because it, it, that's not what they get paid to do. Um, but right. I, I think guys like Sam Hilliard probably ought to figure out a way to hit the ball to the left side of the field. <laughs> I mean, I just – I just figure, like he he needs to be able to do that. He's not Harper or Bellinger, right? All right. Well, here here's my here's my prediction. You ready for this? Yeah. Sam Sam Hilliard's going to be the next David Dahl. Okay. What's but what's that mean? <laughs> exactly. We'll just leave it there. Okay. All right. I don't know. Do many kids want to grow up to be David Dahl? Um, well, you know, if this were a regular season, I would be loading up on my Rockies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's not a good player. I think he is a good player. I just don't know if people aspire to be David Dahl. Maybe they do. <laughs> well, he, he, well, David Dahl is going to be the next Charlie Blackman. See how this progresses. Oh, okay. Works? All right, I get that. And Blackman's kind of like a poor version of Yelich. 
right. Yeah, we have to go there. But but he's not from uh, my Maltapia, so just, just for <laughs> right. No, he's, which that that thing, maybe I'm the ding-dong. I took him out. Man, Tapia had a great week sitting on my bench. He had a great week this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that kind of. I called him up. Mark, I'm like, it? dude, what the hell? Where were you two weeks ago? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think he had five hits in two days. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Tappy. I appreciate it. Hey, and, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, no problem. Um, all right, so we, we got uh, today in baseball history. Uh, a couple of interesting things, and and we're going to talk about something we closely related to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. 1971, Bob Gibson throws a no-hitter in Pittsburgh, beating the Pirates 11-0. It's the first no-hitter in Pittsburgh in 64 years. Uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Candelaria throwing uh, a no-hitter in Pittsburgh in 76, which was the first Pirate in like 70 years. Uh, do, do you remember the 71 game? I actually do remember hearing this on the news. I was actually at my grandparents in Elmira, New York, uh, listening to, I don't know, the 11, 1130, 11 o'clock news, I guess, when sports used to come on. And they said Bob Gibson threw, threw a no-hitter. Um, one, of, one of my all-time favorite players, and if I can digress just for one second, part of the thrill of retirement was going to be um, going to opening day in St. Louis. And, you know, what St. Louis does is that they bring in all of their National Hall of Famers, all of their uh, um, Cardinal Hall of Famers. They wear red jackets, have the Clydesdale there, and it was going to be great to see uh, uh, Bob Gibson, one of my all-time heroes. Yeah. Uh, he, w- w- how many new hitters did he throw? Do you remember? I think he only threw that one. Just the one? I, I want to okay. say that Bob Forge actually has the record for the Cardinals through, through two no hitters. <laughs> Is that right? Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it shows you how hard it is to throw a no-hitter. I mean, Gibson probably, yeah. you know, he obviously had the stuff to throw a no-hitter every time he got on the mound. Uh, I'm sure he yeah. had a boatload of one-hitters, two-hitters, boatload of shutouts and complete games, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, I, I never saw him pitch, but I wish I would have. I've only seen video of him in, you know, film, but... Yeah, he seemed, and by all accounts, he was pretty pretty darn intimidating to to hitters. Yeah. Uh, and then 1982, Pete Rose passes Hank Aaron with his 12,365th at bat. Um, Rose finished with 14,053 at bats. He leads baseball. Uh, him, there's as Rose, there's Aaron, and uh, Yastrzemski, and he's he's a couple seasons away. That, that's how far uh, Rose is past Aaron and, and Yastrzemski and, and uh, official at-bats in, in his career, which is pretty darn impressive. I'm actually surprised by that. I would not have been able to guess that Carl Yastrzemski was third in, in at-bats. And you're talking at-bats, obviously not played appearances, right. which you know, obviously yeah. doesn't take into account walks, but that's still surprising to me. Yeah, that that's uh, yeah. Yastrzemski had eleven thousand nine hundred eighty-eight. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, bats and and Rose has fourteen thousand. So you see, that's that's a couple seasons away <laughs> of of so, forty. So, so 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 Mike Yastrzemski only has about uh, eleven thousand more to 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 pass his grandfather, huh? <laughs> that's right. Maybe maybe combined they have the the most at bats per family. Although Hank Aaron had a brother, so maybe not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. The, the, the Griffies are probably up there. Ah, uh, yeah, the Griffies. I forgot about them. Yeah, the Griffies are probably up there. Um, and, and, and there were there, there were a ton of Boons, right? Did they right. play through three generations of Boons? Yeah. So the grandfather Bob Boone and the two brothers. Yeah, they they probably yeah. had a ton of at bats too. Yeah, and they they all played a, a pretty lengthy major league careers. Um, yeah, they did. And then. Uh, we kind of experienced something like this in 2001. Derek Lowe poster day at Fenway Park. Uh, Lowe blows a save against the Mariners, and Sox fans throws the, throw posters on the field as they boo. Uh, and I think we, <laughs> I think we saw this in Chicago with Randy Myers poster day. Uh, yes, we did, and I remember it was a Saturday game. And if you remember, we were actually I think on the last row 
um, yeah. behind first base uh, at Wrigley when uh, the Randy Myers posters came uh, pouring down. And as I remember, um, I actually had Randy Myers that year um, in in the Bush League, and it was it was it was painful to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they played the Giants, I believe. That was Bonds' first year in San Francisco. Was that '93? Mm, I, yeah. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, I, and I think Bonds might have he might have walked like four times. Yeah, that's when they were walking mm. him with the bases loaded and stuff. Um, yeah, I do remember that Randy Myers poster day and and people chucking those things out there. And did you throw yours, or you still have yours? Uh, I don't think I, I had mine. I, I think we had to use it to, to clean up uh, beer that we spilled around us or something like that. But uh, we, will, we won't get into that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, and then we got the walk-off. Uh, what do you You going? want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. You lead off. Yes. So, 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 you know, I have MLB TV, and, you know, I'm watching uh, various games. And um, got to see the, uh, uh, the, the, the Blue Jays um, as they were playing in, in Buffalo in, in the, uh, uh, the AAA stadium, which, uh, you know, looks, looks nice enough. But one of the things that interests me was that they have a player named Eddie Alvarez, who I had never heard of before, uh, infielder for the Blue Jays. Apparently, this guy won a silver medal in the 2014 Winter Olympics in speed skating. And he is the only Major League Baseball player ever to win a medal in the Winter Olympics, which I actually had to go look that up, and I found it on the internet, so it has to be true. <laughs> right, that, that's really interesting. That uh, not only not that he won an Olympic medal, because you know baseball players, a lot of them are you know world class athletes. They just play baseball, but to do it in speed skating in the Winter Olympics. Yeah, you know they're not really considered complementary sports, are they? No. Yeah. And and uh, where's Eddie from? Is he? Um, I, yeah, so uh, yeah, so the story even gets better that I, I believe he's actually um, from Florida, of Cuban descent. That's amazing. So you know, you, yeah. You, yeah, you have long you have long since said that uh, um, you know you can't walk off the island, but I guess on Castro's island you could actually skate off the island. You so. can skate. <laughs> yeah, you can hit your way off or skate. OPS doesn't count. <laughs> Hits, man. You got a, you got a choice. <laughs> I can't rate your damn OPS. <laughs> yeah, that that's a that's a cool little tidbit uh, uh, of that. That's the fact that he's of Cuban descent, grew up in Florida, and he won a, a silver in speed skating. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, you got to root for a guy like that, don't you? Absolutely. And, and I and I want to say that he's he is. Uh, 29 years old. So, I mean, the fact that he's still hanging around baseball this long, yeah. good for him. Yeah, good for him is right. Yeah. I, I guess the only other guy that played baseball that had like a second uh, sport that he was really good at is uh, Niger Morgan. Remember Niger Morgan? I do. Yeah, what, he, what did he do? He was a hockey player. Like in jun- junior really? hockey or something. Yeah. Yeah. It seems kind of odd, though, didn't it? That Niger Morgan. It's. Uh, it, that- doesn't seem odd because his personality seems like a hockey player, <laughs> but the fact that he was playing. Yeah, hockey. he does. I, I could see that. I could see him getting a little bit, a little bit mouthy and, and you know, going at it. That, yeah. that really surprises me. Um, I, I, I do know one other thing is that uh, apparently Mookie Betts is a really good bowler. Yeah, right? he's a very good bowler. Uh, yeah, three, yeah. He's, he's he's rolled three hundreds and um, yeah, that's that's it. And it, again, these guys are athletes, man. They're you know not all of them are. You know, people make fun of baseball players as they're not athletic looking or whatever. Right. But a lot of them are. They're very good athletes. And, um, you know, most of them were their starting pitcher and shortstop in high school. And then they work to other positions when they, you know, get older and, and you know, uh, teams – Use, well, use their skill you know, set I, in other I, I, I was a really good athlete in high school, and one of the things that people didn't know that, is that I was a world-class uh, lawn darts, lawn lawn darts, darts. player. Really? Yeah. World yeah, class. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, just. The, the, yeah. The, the, the metal tipped ones, not, not yeah. the safety ones that they have today. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm... I could throw a mean dart back then. So you were world class. I would think you're at best, <laughs> at best township class. Like you're the best in the well, township. <laughs> well, you, you know what? In, in high school, 
your world was your township. So oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. So it's loosely defined. <laughs> that's funny. All right, I'm walking yeah, off. Yeah, we'll press on. I'm walking off with the curious case of Nick Markakis. Um, the boringly, the boringly awesome the Nick boor- Markakis. Yeah, he hit his 501st double the other night. 500 doubles Nick Markakis has. So I dug in a little bit. Uh, Nick has 2,361 hits. He's 36 years old. If it wasn't for this COVID, he would have a legitimate outside shot, a legitimate shot of getting 3,000 hits, um, which is pretty impressive for Nick, for a guy like Nick Markakis. He, he's not in anybody's uh, sphere of when you talk about great ball players right now, especially great hitters. Nope. Right? So I, I, I am completely surprised by that, and, and that's why, if you remember on previous podcasts, um, I, I called him boringly awesome because you're right. Nobody really knows about him. He's so a great player. He's a, he's a very good player. He Again, at 2,361 hits, he's got 501 doubles. He is fourth in active leaders in both categories, only behind Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, and Robbie Cano. So you got Pujols, yeah, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, you got Pujols, Cabrera, <laughs> Cano, and Marquecas. When you when you make that list, um, I think this wow. COVID thing kind of hurt him. I don't think it's possible now. He is a free agent at the end of the year, and if he can get a three year deal somewhere, DH, I mean, they stick him in right field. He doesn't really hurt you. Uh, his his average year is eighty four runs, one hundred and eighty hits, thirty eight doubles, fourteen homers, seventy nine RBIs. He, on average, walks every other game, and on average, strikes out every other game. He's a two eighty eight. I, I got to be honest with you. If, if I'm if I'm a, a, a GM, um, I, I have a strong interest in him as as a DH, um, and you know he could probably play for a couple more years. And you know that's why the National League will probably get on board with the DH you know, for players like him. If if I'm if I'm the Phillies GM, I'm wondering why he's playing at Atlanta. And he's not playing in our outfield because he the, the guy makes I, I he doesn't make that much money relative to what you know what players make now and and he'll be 37 when he starts next year so you know he he's not going to make a lot of money um, just to give you some perspective on the 501 doubles he's probably this year he's probably going to pass Andre Dawson Robbie Alomar Tony Perez Babe Ruth uh, Ricky Henderson and Jimmy Rollins. He's probably going to pass those guys. He's like within 10 of all them. There's some Hall of Fame names on there. He's most likely, you know, he'll get a contract and he'll play a couple years. He's most likely going to finish in the top 100 all time in, in hits. And he has, it's possible that he, if he plays all three years net, you know, after this contract, that he's going to end up in the top 50 all time in hits. Nick Markakis. That's that's awesome. Hopefully, you and I can go if he's uh, if he gets three thousand. We can go to uh, a Hall of Fame ceremonies in Cooperstown, and the plaque will read "Boringly Awesome Nick Markakis." So the other the other interesting thing I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring up about him uh, in high school after high school he was drafted by the Reds in the thirty fifth round. He didn't sign. Then no other player in that thirty fifth round made the major leagues. Uh, he went to a junior college his freshman year. 23rd round drafted by the Reds, uh, him and Jacoby Ellsbury, the only one significant that have made the big leagues, and he's had a better career than Ellsbury, although Ellsbury made a shit mm-hmm. ton more money. Um, and then 2003, after his sophomore year in junior college, he was the seventh overall pick. And interesting enough, uh, him and Adam Jones are the only significant players in the major leagues out of that out of that first round in 2003. And he went to the same junior college as Charlie Blackman. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn, that was a team. So what that tells me is, uh, you know, lot, not a lot of people believed in this guy. And there was one or two who did. And uh, here we are 15 years later, and he's fourth active leaders in, in doubles and, and hits. And, you know, good for you, Nick Markakis, keeping your head down. Yeah. Just keep practicing, keep getting better. And, you, you know, you're having a hell of a career. So that's, that's what I'm walking off with. All right, champ. Uh, I thought it was good to have those three guys on today. Yeah, it was. You know, the only thing I want to leave everybody with is uh, get your fab picks in tonight because uh, <laughs> we think it's going to be uh, going off on Saturday. I'm going to click off the 
the Sunday date so that we just have Saturday and hopefully not screw everything up. But uh, everybody, uh, everybody stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. So, uh, hey, Chief. can I interrupt real quick before we go? Yeah, please. Right, so what we'd like to say from now on is we have no idea when FAB's going off. Because when you say, I think it's going <laughs> off on Saturday, all they hear it's going off on Saturday, and then they're going to blame us. So what we're saying is we have no idea when it's going off. So don't don't ask us. Don't ask us anymore when when Fab's going off because we don't not we do not know. And, and as you said, just start putting it in on Tuesday, you know. <laughs> right. Stay for that way. All right, champ. Have a good week. All right. See you, Chief.